Welcome to the Israel Government Press Office podcast, Beyond the News, Israel, the Christian world, and anything in between. I'm Hadassah Schwartz. I'm a senior coordinator for International Religious Press here at the Government Press Office. And here with me is Kobe Barda, who is the Deputy Director General at the Ministry of Tourism. Thank you for being here today, Kobe. Thank you for hosting me. So, folks, here are some fun facts about Kobe. He is currently completing his doctorate on the relationship between Israel and the evangelical Christians. For you soccer fans out there, mm-hmm. Kobe was a spokesperson for a few soccer groups here in Israel. Which one were they? Apoel Tel Aviv, Maccabi Netanya, and the IPFL, which is the Israel Professional Football League for seven years. I was actually one of the uh, establishment members of the franchise. So. That's great. Mm-hmm. And and you were also the spokesperson for the cities Tel Aviv and Netanya. Right. You know. Deputy for Tel Aviv and spokesman of Netanya, right. And and during this time, you were in charge of the rebranding of the city. Right. Uh, for tourism and marketing the various tourist uh, initiatives, right? Right. So, so that's quite a bit of an impressive uh, resume, I'd Thank say, you. you got there. <laughs> and it is kind of safe to say that you landed your, your dream job that, like, you know, kind of puts together... Uh, tourism, religious tourism. Problem is, it's not the dream timing, right. you know, <laughs> with tra- travel and tourism, which is practically down to zero. So, so what is going on right now with tourism in Israel? Tell us. So basically, we're just like the rest of the world suffering the Omicron wave. We just recently decided to reopen the sky after Israel was the first country in the world to shut down at the beginning, the early wave of the Omicron. And we're navigating our way now about mainly how and when. Yesterday, we did had important breakthrough that the Ministry of Health improved the Russian tourists, which are basically most of them, if not all of them, are vaccinated via the Sputnik. And Sputnik, uh, as much as I know, uh, was not part of the approved vaccination of the World Health Organization. So in that aspect, Israel took an extra step, if you may, after that our minister, uh, uh, alongside with the Corona Advisor for Government, have traveled to the Adassa lab back in Moscow and approved the tests that the Russians uh, may be able to take before or upon traveling to Israel. And so we are now trying to understand better this disease. Obviously, all of us need to recalculate because what was the truth for its time that the vaccination helped uh, to reduce the spread of it. Now all of us understand that you may be even four times vaccinated but still can be a carrier for the disease. So I think that we're on the process of understanding that, what, what are the outcome of that. And so, so that's good news for, for Russian tourists, but, right. but what about tourists of the rest of the world? And, you know, specifically we're, we're talking about religious tourism. What, what does that mean for, so for what's coming let's, up? So let's start with facts. The year 2019, we had almost 4.5 million tourists who arrived to Israel. Last year, we down to around 400K. Almost half of it was pilgrims. Mm -hmm. So we in the Ministry of Tourism understand that if somebody wants to come to Israel under the current situation, which is maybe one of the most strict in the world, you need to have a religious motivation in order to come to Israel. Because regular, if you may call it tourists, 
have other options that are much lighter in the sense of what need to be what steps are need to be taken upon your arrival during your arrival and eventually departing from uh, from Israel so uh, we are actually focusing on on a faith-based traveler and we do believe that this is our most important engine for the year to come so we are actually putting forward a lot of marketing and everything that related to those people who want to come mainly after the disease some of them if we're talking about born-again Christians have experienced during this pandemic revival or revivaling of themselves and they wish to Uh, close the circle and, and to come to the Holy Land. So how are you doing this? How, what projects are in store, you know, at the Ministry of Tourism that you're working on right now? And I'd, I'd say, you know, coronavirus is so unexpected. We literally don't know what will be in a couple of months. So you might be starting to work on a project and then, you know, the Omicron variant hits and, you know, you're back to ground zero. So what projects are in store right now? And how do you wish to carry them out should another variant come across? So first of all, as, as all of us understand, everything that related, the keys to management in all the world have shifted to the Ministry of Health in, in, local, uh, in local governments. And obviously... Hands uh, they, are tied. Exactly. So, but, uh, you know, we're part of the government, so we do have to understand the limitation that uh, related to this pandemic. Uh, obviously, as we as the Ministry of Tourism and, and the industry itself, which still hasn't recovered, so we have to understand that tourism was the first to impact negatively and then is the last or actually never uh, recovered from from the pandemic so we yet, represent yet. we're still hoping yeah of course so we're representing the industry so obviously we are the most vocal voice in the government in order to open the sky but it's tackling the uh, Ministry of Health and and their regulation and they're the one who actually Uh, the, the one who provide the safe harbor, if you may, to local residents of Israel relating to this disease. So in that aspect, we have to obey to what we do our best. Obviously, we keep all the time uh, open link with the Ministry of Health, trying to explain them the not just why it is so important, but also to compare it to other places. For instance, just the other week, uh, the Minister of Tourism in Greece declare that 2022 will be a year that no matter what will happen what would what would happen it will be open the market oh, wow. so i don't see us managing to carry out such a important you know safe travel to agencies but uh, we're trying to do our best in 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 those fields of trying to make it easier put it this way for people to travel on israel actually the uh, the path to come to Israel, which was implemented for less than a month, actually, November, was created by us with the Ministry of Health. So as I said at the beginning, the Omicron little bit changed the rules in the sense that it is no more proof the vaccination from spreading the disease. So we're actually trying... So, so you're basically saying that the vaccination, getting vaccinated, isn't the only condition of which a right. tourist due, can come to Israel Due to the, in the Omicron, exactly. So that's good news. That's uh, good we, news. Th this is what we're trying to do. I mean, this is what we're trying uh, to promote. And I believe that um, within the next few weeks, if 
God help all of us and will not be a new variant, I believe that we will be looking at a different roadmap, if you may, for tourists to come to Israel. This is, this is my hope in that sense. So that is, you know, pandemic related. Let's talk about marketing. That's mm-hmm. why I'm here. So marketing wise, we are actually, first off, I will be travel to the NRB conference. This, this year it's in Nashville, Tennessee. Mystery of Tourism took a nice big we'll booth there. there. Oh, great. <laughs> so we took a, a big booth there and we're actually putting a lot of uh, marketing into that because we believe that this is a very important market to us. We do try to cut new deals with providers. We do uh, have a lot of marketing money into infrastructure, what I call. See, the problem is that we do have very slim, short windows that in which we can promote. The Ministry of, of Tourism is by far, or at least was, by far the biggest using of public money in order to promote. That was the ministry that has almost the biggest, not almost, but the biggest share in, in, in the public money, if you may. In the year 2019, it was almost 250 million shekels. So that's a big marketing budget, and we've been trying, and, and we actually succeeded. I mean, uh, we, the numbers jumped from 2014 uh, around 2 million to 4.5. So marketing worked. And, and you're talking about specifically religious based tourism or uh, in general? No, no. We're talking, first off, we're talking about general. I mean, up to 2019, actually, the faith based was a, a very important element, but the Ministry of Tourism tried to explore new ideas. For instance, we were branding two cities, one break, Jerusalem and uh, Tel Aviv as a city break. And that really went all mainly, by the way, to European people that could just hop on a low cost 100, 200 euro and and come visit Israel, which 300 days sunny a year. So during that uh, phase of time, we were actually more working on expanding the market. But now, which by the way, was also the the minister himself, Yoel Razbozov, who is the minister of tourism, has a, a deep understanding about the importance of the evangelical mainly. But when into office, uh, he want me to be able to get what I do in my uh, research, my scholar uh, area, into the tourism product. So he. So what you're saying is that in the end of the day, right now, for you know a post-COVID world and all the tourist uh, tourism initiatives after that, the tourism ministry is going to be focusing on faith-based tourism. Right. Specifically Christian? Yes, because we do believe that uh, we saw, you know, I was before the beginning of the open November the sky to tourists. We went to visit uh, our partners in the U.S. We have uh, four local branches of the Ministry of Tourism in the United States. And we wanted to make sure we're in the U.S. They're in Chicago in uh, New York, in Los Angeles, and uh, the base faith, if you may, is in Atlanta. They are all, they are looking into the everything related to the base faith, the Bible Belt, if you may. So when we met there on our itinerary, few pastors, uh, and it was fascinating to hear from one of the pastors, was as around uh, late October, that he said once he heard that there was that uh, new path to come to Israel, which amended the third vaccination, and they did not have in their state, he took his school bus, put 28 of his congregation, drove three hours across the board of the state board in order to get vax. And for me, it was like, Wow, that's, you know, that's exactly why a faith base is so, I mean, I came as 
you know, understanding anyway how important it is, but, you know, setting that example as, as something that is so, such a motivation, an important motivation to people. They were willing to drive three hours to get the jab just to visit the Holy Land. So, you know, for me, it was understood. But when I came back, I told it to the minister and he said, you see, that's why I want you to be in charge of the job. <laughs> so so, so uh, how is how is your, your doctorate? Uh, subject come into handy when it comes to your day-to-day life at, so at the Ministry of that's, Tourism. That's very interesting. Basically, my, uh, my area of expertise is lobbying. So my thesis was about APAC, which was the Jewish, mainly Jewish now, it's not only, but it was uh, when it was founded back in the 50s, it was uh, mainly uh, constructed to mobilize grassroots movement of Jews in America mm-hmm. by C. Cannon. And I decided that I want to be pretty much the first in the world who will get 360 degrees of lobbying impact Congress in order to promote U.S.-Israel relations. So obviously, the, uh, the my PhD was focusing on the evangelical Christian movement. And so I decided, aside along with uh, my professors, that we will be focusing on Jerry Falwell and LU that started or created the grassroots movement. And in many ways, my research is pioneering, not just a relationship between Israel Mm -hmm. to United States, but also the understanding of expansion of grass movement in the United States by church planting. That's fascinating. It is because, um, you know, when I was there back in uh, LU in September, I went to the archive. I did have uh, the pleasure to interview the co-founder of the university, Dr. Elmer Towns, 88, but very, very sharp. And he was actually the one who came up with this uh, church planting philosophy. He wrote more than 200 books about that. And so I sat down with him for an hour and a half of interview, very interesting interview. And uh, at the end of the interview, I asked him, so doctor, I would like to ask you this question. So do you know of any other someone who, who, you know, created this heat map, if you may, of expanding the movement around uh, the U.S. of the thousands of people who, you know, usually would go to college, get married, and get somewhere out there to the frontier of America, uh, buy a warehouse, uh, created a church, and then expanding uh, as, as a movement. And he said, uh, not that I know. So I told him, so how can you explain that? You know, uh, LU has, is the biggest private university in America. Uh, it's, it's more than 80,000 students per year. So there, I don't know, there's thousands of uh, graduate uh, PhD uh, in church planting. And I asked him, so, you know, I'm, you know, I'm a Jewish. I'm come from relevantly small university, Haifa University. How do you explain that, <laughs> that, that I'm the first to do that? So he goes like, he took uh, a grasp of her and said, you were chosen by God. I said, okay, Whoa. that's it. <laughs> you knocked me. Uh, if, if, uh, you know, the last one who tried to avoid that Jonah didn't uh, end up well. So if that's a mission, <laughs> I will uh, humbly accept it. So, um, so it's very interesting to me now to transform, transform the political understanding that this is my PhD reading, you know, thousands of thousands of, of papers on the related years because I'm doing a political history, the 70s, the 80s, and then try to transform it 
and implement to a product it. and implement yeah. it to a product. So obviously I do have this, you know, the understanding on the language. I can share with you a small story that will set as an example for understanding because we as Israelis most of the time during all of our period uh, of, of, of uh, learning will not learn anything related to To, uh, Christianity maybe one or two classes during uh, the seven right. or eight or nine grade about Jesus uh, itself so most of us Israelis I can talk as a general don't really know everything related to Christianity so when I travel with uh, the former CEO to America we're sitting in in, in the chamber in LA, in LA and obviously you know LA is, is LA it's not uh, Atlanta Atlanta everything is uh, faith-based you can feel uh, everything related because that's the uh, local audience if you may but in California it's California so you get Different to see audience yeah, a bikini and everything like posters on the wall so my uh, the former CEO there were two pastors sitting there and and he told him You know, guys, you have to come also to visit Tel Aviv. It's so much fun. You can go to the beach. You can play matko. Um, it's, um, it's awesome. <laughs> so that's like the Israeli kind of uh, talking to them. And then I, I remember there was like 30 posters on the wall. And just one of them was like a lonely ship, the one that came from Ginosar, where they go in the Sea of Galilee. And he pointed that. You see, you see that? This is why we're here. That's why we come to the Holy Land. We don't need, you know... The everything related to uh, things that, you know, beach and fun. And so I told him in Hebrew, I told him, let me try. And I told him, listen, Pastor, I, I want to ask you something. I want to share with you something. So they, yes, please go ahead. So I'm, listen, you know that Israel was created in one day, right? So yeah, obviously, that's, that's the base of the faith, right? That's like Israel was created in one day. Uh, so it goes back to the Old Testament and, and, it, and it was very understood to them that, you know, in one day Israel would be created. So I told him, listen, what my CEO is trying to ask you, you know, David Ben-Gurion founded Israel in one day. That was a miracle. And, and it was taken in, in May to 1947. And here you have the uh, path of independence in Tel Aviv. So you can actually take, you know, a tour in the place where God Almighty created in one day Israel. It's like, you know what? That's the way, that's the way to market you pitched, it. Yeah. You pitched it better. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know. so I mean, that, that's beaches you have everywhere. I mean, the Sea of Galilee, you have, you have in one place right. in the world. But this is something I think it's, it's not related to Amir. I think it's related to us as Israelis. And if I would be there four years ago, I would probably say the same. So it's like, you have to come to Tel Aviv. It's so much fun. And, and it's not really understanding the motivation of the faith base. But if you reframe it right, so you can market everything here, even... the sin city of Tel Aviv, uh, you can market it as something that faith-based travelers would love to enjoy that. Also, we do have this issue with the Z generation of the uh, evangelicals that looking on things different than their parents and their grandparents. Right. And that's a different uh, thing that we need to tackle it and try to talk to them a little bit. We actually bit. talk about it in another episode of our podcast about right, you know, yeah. the support of Israel of Israel. I would and, I, and, I would uh, encourage you to talk with Dr. Mordechai Bari, which is uh, based in uh, Durham, North Carolina, and he's actually expert in that. And he's taking surveys, and I'm in a direct tie with him, and he will be lecturing for the management of the ministry about, if you may call it, 
the challenges that we do have with the Z, the Z and Y generation of, of youngsters. But you're talking about from a marketing perspective. It's yeah, also I mean, different look, to, to approach them and, you know, cater to their the way they look at things and how they how to market to them. Right. So basically, you know, we are on, if you may call it a government uh, podcast, right? So I look at things not just the perspective of tourism. I look at the perspective of government issues. So, so some of the time we need to help uh, to promote things that are maybe not in the immediate focus of, of the Ministry of Tourism, but we have to get our share in order to look at the, because this is what, I've been doing for for the last seven years, uh, trying to explore uh, the options of lobbying. And if we if we will lose that, and it took more than 50 years, it started in uh, summer 1971 by Jerry Falwell. And you know, it, you have to tie the knot, uh, the knobs between them. Like things doesn't happen in a vacuum. There is something that you know, something related to something related to something related to something. It's all a chain reaction. Exactly. So, you know, uh, this is exactly what my PhD, right? I right. tried to connect between summer 1971, where he had 17 students in college, and then in in January 2016, his son, his professor, uh, Jerry Fellwell Jr., crowned uh, just week before the primaries. He crowned, literally crowned, uh, Donald J. Trump too. Nominee of the Republican Party, eventually the president, and then at the rally that he had in Oshkosh, Wisconsin, in August 20, 2020, he said, "I moved the embassy to Jerusalem, not because of the Jews, not because of BB. I did it because of the evangelicals." So there's a path of 50 years. So this 50 years, which was the generation of the fathers and the grandfathers, might be jeopardized now by the younger generation that goes to college and in college Israel some of the time is a toxic uh, related to apartheid etc and and some of the time they're confused they might not have the knowledge and that's why I believe that obviously in our our share right as a minister of tourism we need to work more there is an amazing program called uh, passages it's like the christian taglit uh, that started before the mm-hmm. the pandemic and i'm willing to work with our partners there to get people visit in israel we also have amazing rock concert tours that will be this summer uh, which oriented mainly to youngsters. So I invest a lot of my time and effort in order to preserve what started 50 years ago. And I believe just like... uh, And also let it metamorphosize into what needs to be catered to the younger generation. Exactly, because people need to know and they will, my tourism is try to push them to visit Israel, right? Or to influence via influencers that will visit Israel and say how awesome it is and how amazing it is. Because I think, and I also share that with my colleagues from the Ministry of Foreign Affairs and we need to do something. We need to take more informative action in the sense of this generation, we cannot afford ourselves losing it. It's some, it. Also, by the way, it's the same with the, the younger generation of the Jews. So, the uh, Jewish tourism. The, the Jew, uh, yeah, I mean, eventually, that, that's, that's, of, my, yeah. that's my area, the tourism, right? But, uh, uh, but I'm looking as a government, we as a government right. have a problem 100%. with the youngsters in, of America that don't look eye to eye what their parents and their grandparents uh, felt about Israel. And, right. and this is something that we as a government have to deal with. Right. 100%. So say I'm, you know, a 25-year-old 
Christian, mm-hmm. and I'm looking to travel post-COVID. My first, my first travel, my first trip away, you know, to get away, to recuperate, to rejuvenate after two years of, you know, COVID crazy. I'm, I decided to come to Israel. Where do I go? So basically, this is what we're trying to do. We're trying to facilitate, if you may call it the TikTok era, into tourism. Try to adapt, not just if you may call it like the more heavy stuff, like visiting in holy sites, but also we're trying to think about like new products. For instance, there is this amazing tour guide who uh, is um, taking from Nazareth to Bethlehem about two kilometers per day for 11 days a trail. So there's something that a lot of youngsters really looking to explore, like walk on the footsteps of, of Jesus and try to understand, like getting a better understanding via hiking, which is like much more into... It's a great workout. Right, exactly. <laughs> so, and, and exactly that it is. And, and also it's different. It's something that someone that in the age of 60, I don't know if he will be physically capable to do that kind of, of, you know, walking. But also we see that in Israel of youngsters after the army who decided to go the Trail of Israel. That's beautiful. uh, Because uh, it is something that uh, this generation has much more emphasized the importance of global warming and things related to nature and the importance of connecting to nature. And we're trying to find those Z and Y generation in the place where they're feeling the most uh, comfortable and trying to find for them those options that will talk to them, that will be in their best interest. Even if you ask me in the current day, where do I need to invest my shekel? It will be easier to invest it like in the older generation because I don't know if how much revenue we can generate from marketing to youngsters, but I look at that as a deep, important strategic point that we as Minister of Tourism have to bear our share in this, even if it's not the most economical, uh, best value for the Well, they're both equally important in their own way. Right, but you know, uh, it's much easier to take the 40, 50, 60, 70 years old to Israel because they already have this warm feeling, warm sense about Israel. Sometimes it might, might be much challenging to try and do it via the youngsters, the 20, 30-ish and, and sometimes you need to invest much more money and much more platforms because there are, it's not like what used to be, just like get their news from Salem Radio or something of that nature. You need to find yourself in other platform, much more multi-platform. So it, it means much more money invested in order to reach to those 100%, audience. Yeah. So, but I believe that this is something that on the vision of the minister, something that we need as a ministry, as a government of Israel, and not to abandon and and do everything in our power, and even if it's not all the time 100% economical-wise or, or make economical structure, to do that because it's important to us. Wow. Yes, each have their own uh, importance, but, yeah. you know, there's different ways to cater them in the end right. of the day. Right. Wow, that was fascinating. Thank you so much. So right before we end, I would just like to ask you, give me, like, one secret place where, you know, it's not like the typical touristy attraction here in Israel, but like in your opinion, you got to visit there. Well, I I will tell you the most secret, but uh, unfortunately for now, it's not open yet. It's only uh, our VIP tours, but I hope that when people will come, it will already 
be open. We have found the pilgrim way. Actually, the platform where Jesus stand and cured blind people in the old city of Jerusalem. So it is not open yet for the public. But I do believe that it will be open as side along with the opening of, you know, I would say somewhere between 2023 or 2024. This is a life changing experience for people who will visit there you know i'm not christian obviously but when i was there and i was you know i could imagine the pilgrimage and see like the the you know the the frame of jesus christ standing there just before they're entering you know via the gate and do his miracles and i said wow that's that's mind blower that's like the super bowl to be to be here so I really hope that it will be everything related to construction there will be set at time. But don't, and, don't uh, like to our listeners, yeah. don't not come until then. <laughs> no, no, no. But this come is before. yeah, you have to come. But you asked me about the one the single one thing that I believe, which walking is walking the path where Jesus uh, uh, walked. Exactly. That that is a hundred percent. Now, a, a additional thing that we as a ministry are doing, and I think it's a very important platform, so I can promote it. We do want to have the Golan Heights as a must scene for now most of the people do not visiting the Golan the Golan itself has amazing places to things that are in the best interest of mainly evangelicals and we're willing to invest a lot of money into it starting from Hamad Gader in the south where they will have a special exhibition about a whole life around the the period of the time go through Susita where they found there uh, a few uh, in digging they found few uh, evidence about churches that they were at the, at the early that time area. at that area and then eventually finish in the Banyas and the Banyas it's not exactly the Golan but it's close to the Golan and they have found there something uh, a church related to the Byzantine era probably on the path of Petrus so I believe that this amazing uh, side along with uh, uh, places on the 67 war, which was by all Almighty who helped to win this uh, this war. Some of the people who also are big supporter of Trump, which most of the faith-based evangelical are, are his biggest faith. Speaking of Trump and, you know, the Golan Heights, uh, uh, we actually took the Christian Media uh, Summit sorry. visitors to, to, Trump Heights. to Trump Heights. Right, exactly. It so was a beautiful th- th- trip. Th- that would be amazing landscape that uh, most of the people don't know that. Most of you that it's even beautiful. visited Israel yeah. never been there. And uh, also another thing that we're working on it right now is that there is the Bublical Park in Katsarin, which mainly focused on kids. So we asked them to adjust during week time to adults. So we're working on a program that will pilgrims will be there. They will be able to sense by themselves the biblical era via amusement, amuse, sort of amusement park. So I believe that this is within the next year, a year and a half. Already there are things to do on ground, if you ask me about like uh, hidden places. But uh, uh, no, there's obviously this, the stuff that right. people come here on a regular basis R- for, you know, all the whole right. holy, holy sites. But we're talking about, you know, it, that special, uh, that, that, that secret place. Yeah, that, so that, that secret place that most evangelical never visited, the Golan Heights, I would highly recommend to collaborate in the next uh, visit to Israel to try and find the secret place that most of the people never saw them. And I think it's uh, that would be my added value tip to our listeners. Okay. <laughs> You got your next destination planned out for you. <laughs> right. 
exactly. Wow. Thank you, Kobe, thank you. so much for being with us today. Kobe Barda, <laughs> Deputy Director General at the Ministry of Tourism. Thank you for being us to, with us thank today. Thank you for hosting me. And, uh, it was fascinating learning about, you know, all the marketing initiatives that Israel has for faith-based tourism and uh, hope to see you all here yeah, at your next visit. I want to welcome you all to visit the Holy Land and being excited, not just by the past, but also by the current days, which is really life-changing visit uh, of people who do believe in, in, in everything related to faith-based travelers. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. 